Welcome to What's Cooking Palm Beach with Chef David Pantone, Dean of the Lincoln Culinary Institute in West Palm Beach, also known as the Food Dude. Chef Pantone has been serving up amazing meals and desserts at some of the finest hotels and restaurants in New York City, Miami, and Palm Beach for most of his life. Now let's head into the kitchen with What's Cooking Palm Beach, presented by Lincoln Culinary Institute, a division of Lincoln College of Technology, sponsored in part by Duffy's Sports Grill. Welcome to What's Cooking Palm Beach here on WJNO. Joel Malkin here with my buddy and your chef, David Pantone, Dean at the Lincoln Culinary Institute in West Palm Beach. Good afternoon. Welcome to the kitchen. Yes, uh, and uh, smells like country cooking in here today. You got that right, my friend. Good old Southern American cuisine. Now, this show is all about food, right? It's about food, glorious food. It's about cooking. It's about eating and dining. It's about healthy eating. It's about tips, techniques, food lessons, superfoods, and food education, and having lots of fun with food. And it's oftentimes about bringing in guests. We've had a long uh, string of guests, and we've got another one today. Tell us what's on the menu. On today's menu, for our uh, first course, we're going to talk to our guest, right? I'm very excited to have Chef Lindsay Autry with us. We'll be there in just a minute. Then we're going to have a nice appetizer. We'll spin the big wheel of superfoods and see what the topic is today. I, I hope it's one I eat this time. Cheetos. Hey, <laughs> maybe. We'll see. Uh, two on the superfood scale. We'll have there's to spin some the sort wheel of cheese in them, right? Uh, we have Cheetos. I don't know why there's Cheetos I in brought you a cheese course, okay? <laughs> okay, just all to, right. I don't know all where, right. uh, what else you're going to have to munch on today. Right. Our main course is Southern Comfort Cuisine, right? Food of the American South. We're going to talk traditional Southern cuisine. And our guest, Lindsay Autry, is an expert at modern contemporary Southern cuisine. So we're going to pair them both together. We've got a side course. I hope we have time for the side course. It's uh, one of the tales from the chef's table. This is a fish story from the Mississippi Delta. Our intermezzo, right, our, our palate cleanser. I have a great question from a listener. And what's the difference between cornmeal and grits and polenta and masa, masa, harina? Simple answers, complicated questions. For dessert, we've got a couple different topics. What's cooking at the Lincoln Culinary Institute? And really, we're going to talk about the taste of the nation, my favorite culinary event of the year. All right, so what do you say we get started? Let's do it. Let's head right to the first course because uh, we we have a, a celebrity in our mix. Yeah, we I'm do. not just talking. I mean, we always do with you here, Chef. Well, I thank you. Very nice. But uh, but for our first course, uh, Chef Lindsay Autry, an alum from the TV show Top Chef, which uh, she just told me that uh, uh, is in its ninth season at this point. I was on season nine. It's in its oh, 13th. It was on, it's on its 13th season. Yeah. Season nine you were on, and uh, how'd you do? I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to be ignorant here. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't win. I came very close. I placed third. You oh, did fantastic. Okay. I, all I know about that show is that they, they stole their title from your phone number. Yeah, they did. Because yep. it's one eight one eight hundred top chef has been the number at Lincoln Culinary how many years? Since 1983. And, oh, did, wow. and so let's go back 13 years. That would be what? Uh, 2002? Yeah. So, yeah. I think uh, you have yeah. some royalties in order. <laughs> and you know what? We're proud to donate that back to charity. How about that? <laughs> so, Sounds uh, great. So, Chef, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Um, give us a little bit about your background. I'm, I'm guessing by the accent that you're from New York. <laughs> <laughs> the Bronx, specifically. <laughs> um, well, I was I was born in North Carolina, um, obviously, 
you can still hear it. That's it. Yes. The longer I talk, it definitely comes out. Um, but I've been a chef in South Florida on and off now for 12 years. Um, and I grew up around food. My family had a peach orchard uh, while I was growing up, and I started cooking competitions when I was nine through 4-H. So it's always been in my blood, um, and it's just something I've done classic forever. classic American story. That's beautiful. 4-H, a peach, peach orchard. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Um, so you, you've done all kinds of different cooking. What, let me let me talk about the show. When you did the show, what did you? What was your top your your big uh, uh, dish that you that you made for competition? Well, you know, Top Chef is is um, it's kind of hard to actually cook because it's very challenge oriented and you're on a time limit and things. Um, oddly enough, the the one that I won the most money, I actually won money in Top Chef, uh-huh. was uh, cooking with uh, canned food and Vienna sausages, which wasn't really <laughs> representative of what I do. But that's how a lot of the hmm. the show is: is they put you under these kind of extreme right. circumstances, challenges, me, me, the quick fire challenge. Let me ask the uh, Chef Pantone here, the, the Dean of Lincoln Culinary Institute, uh, a high-class uh, uh, a chef yes. school. Yes, thank you. Uh, Vienna sausages, would you would you consider <laughs> that uh, a chef using Vienna sausages? If Lindsay makes them, I would like to order them, please. No, thank all, you very it's much. It's all what you do with it, right? Yeah. That's what you always the, say. That's right. the easy part. What did you do with the juice from the can? That's the tricky thing. Did you make consomme out of it? Um, I made a celery soup with it. Right <laughs> Because it's plenty salty. <laughs> right, and I had cream of celery soup as my other ingredient. That's right. very cool. <laughs> um, now, you um, have worked at some local restaurants in the area, too. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I actually moved back to the Palm Beach area in 2009 to open the Amphoy with uh, Chef Michelle Bernstein. Um, I was her chef for about 10 years. Um, after that, um, I, most recently, I was the executive chef at the Sunday House in Delray. Sunday House, okay. Yeah, I do uh, weddings. I DJ weddings. I remember many years ago actually uh, doing a wedding there at the Sunday House. So. Yeah, it's very well known for special events and its beautiful garden. How long were you with Michelle Bernstein? She's a top dog also. She's yeah, awesome. um, I was Michelle's chef uh, for about 10 years. Nice. Mm-hmm. And you were named a Restaurant Hospitality Rising Star in 2008. Uh, what, what does that exactly mean? Um, so Restaurant Hospitality Magazine, which is a trade magazine, um, each year names... It's a nationwide magazine. Yes, okay. uh, nationwide. Um, they pick the 12 rising stars of the year, uh, people to, to be on the lookout um, for. And that was something that um, I was lucky enough to get when I was 25. And that was and that was a few years before you you did Top Chef. Yes, uh-huh. and did pretty well there too. So, did you feel like being on that show um, uh, helped you? And, and I, when we were talking earlier, we were I was liking it, likening it to American Idol, probably more for my sake because I'm more into music than being a right. chef, obviously, um, which makes me the odd man out in this room. <laughs> but uh, but um, and you know how it has the tendency to propel one's career. Uh, certainly earlier for American Idol than than now, but still, you go on a show like that, uh, and I'm thinking Top Chef's the same way, and you get that internet or that national at least exposure. Uh, did you did you find you got that from the show? Uh, most definitely, especially within the past five years. I mean, chefs have kind of become the new rock stars. Um, they're a big part of pop culture now, and for me, um, I think that's one of the great things about Top Chef is that. The people that are on the show have been legitimate chefs for a, That's a while. That's key. That's really um, You know, important. you're not going on there like, this is the first time I've ever cooked, you know. Um, <laughs> you're actually a, a yeah. chef, and you've been a chef. And 
and it was great because it, it definitely has given me exposure and, you know, launched my career uh, quicker than it would have if I hadn't yeah, It's one of the myself. shows that so many chefs watch and my students all watch because they can picture themselves there and wish that they're in that same spot working like a dog under all that stress and pressure. So it's not just about like being the TV famous pretty boy chef. It's uh, really doing it and living it. So it is. And, and it's a big risk, you know, because you never know how yes. you're going to end up looking. Competitions and are like that. Yes. So you just cross your fingers. I call that on, on any given day. <laughs> yes. You could have your best day or your worst day. I get that. What are you doing these days? So I just launched a boutique catering company here in Palm Beach called Fin and Feather. Fin and Feather, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and what do you, what do you do that's different? You say boutique catering. So what what does that mean? Um, you know, we specialize in smaller caterings. Um, you know, about fifty people or less is is what we're starting off with. Um, and you know, events ranging from going into someone's home to full on weddings. I mean, that's kind of the variance of what we do, right. but it's a little bit different. And um, there's a focus on Florida coastal cuisine that's blended with seafood. southern cuisine. Seafood. So, so how do you blend uh, Florida coastal with the southern cuisine? What would you give me an idea of a couple of dishes that you, you off the top of your head? Well, you know, we um, we have kind of uh, a version of fish dip, um, which is very popular down here using like local cobia or, or bluefish. Um, but I make my own Old Bay. I make my own hot sauce. Um, yeah, you some brought of those, some today. I did bring yeah. some. So I, I implement some of those southern flavors into what's known as Fl- Florida cuisine. Tell me about sweet tea brine fried chicken. With uh, buttermilk biscuits. I know what buttermilk biscuits are. Florida honey, that's one of the items on your menu there. Yeah, so... So you're brining with sweet tea? We yeah. talked about brining like two weeks ago here. Well, you know, I've... Uh, being a chef, I've tried kind of every version mm-hmm. of fried chicken. And for a long time, I used to brine with buttermilk. Mm-hmm. Um, but And I love the flavor and the what happens in the tenderization of the actual chicken with a, a buttermilk brine. But I found that... You know, you can't, the crust always falls off. Um, and so now, after a lot of research and trial and error, um, I make a brine with sweet tea, but I add lemon and toasted garlic and rosemary mm-hmm. and brine the chicken in this sweet tea brine uh, for 24 hours. And then I use the buttermilk just to bind the flour in the dredging oh, process. Okay. At mm-hmm. the end. So, yes. okay, that's pretty cool. That's right. what I'm going to make tomorrow. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Make it next week, man. <laughs> you want bring some it in chicken. here. Yeah, can you come back next week and bring some chicken? Sure please? thing. <laughs> All right, uh, Chef Lindsay Autry, we're going to keep you here for the show. And in fact, we, we need you here especially because uh, you're going to have to spin the big uh, wheel of superfoods. We're going to yeah. do that. We're going to take a break before we do that, though. We also want to get back to you and talk more, but you have a national uh, contest going on, national competition that you're involved in. We want to talk about that, talk about some more of your dishes. And we're going to talk about Southern cuisine and all that. You heard the menu earlier from Chef. So we're going to do all of that, and we're going to come right back with the superfood section of the show and that's right after this on what's cooking palm beach is the kitchen your favorite room in the house does a career doing what you love sound appetizing to you lincoln culinary institute a division of lincoln college of technology in west palm beach has your recipe for success in their campus restaurant you can train to turn your passion for cooking into a delicious new career visit lincolnculinary.com for student consumer information and to schedule a campus tour that's lincolnculinary.com visit them today 
Welcome back to What's Cooking Palm Beach here on News Radio 1290 WJNO. Joel Malkin here with Chef David Pantone, the dean at Lincoln Culinary Institute, uh, just off 95, just on the west side off of uh, 45th Street. I uh, was just driving by uh, the other day. I actually saw Cafe Protégé. I was on my way to Cracker Barrel. I like that place. You Talk turned about, left instead of going straight. Next well, time just go I think you were straight. closed already. Oh, okay, it was Friday. It was like 5 o'clock, right? I don't exactly. know. That was my guess. Okay. Um, but I, Next I, time. I, I mentioned Cracker Barrel because I love, I, I love the – Who uh, doesn't love Cracker Barrel? Uh, chicken fried steak or country fried steak. Uh, they have the chicken fried chicken and the chicken fried steak. So anyway. That's um, where this catfish lo- – I have some catfish have some today. catfish here. So we're going to be trying no. that. <laughs> I just made it. Well, we no. didn't pick it up at Cracker. No, Bear. but we have catfish here. We're going to have uh, <laughs> Chef Lindsay Autry, our guest. Your your, uh, your hot sauce is here as well. I might actually be daring and try that. Well, good. So uh, let's though get to our super foods. Uh, we've got a big wheel here. Lindsay is the guest, so she's going to spin it. But first, sure. uh, tell us what super foods. What what are they about? Thank you for asking, Joel. You know this is one of my favorite parts of the show. The super foods. So super foods, a big buzzword out there now, and there's a lot of different lists of superfood to hit the chef pantone list of superfood there's three filters right first the food needs to be very nutrient dense right calorie for calorie ounce for ounce loaded with vitamins minerals fiber phytonutrients uh, omega-3 fatty acids all the things that are good for you okay as compared to a slice of white bread that's not quite so good for you White bread might have a number one or two on the superfood list, where something like collard greens might have a thousand. So we're going to spin the wheel and get the number. Besides nutrient dense, it needs to be available and affordable, right? I don't want to waste your time talking about a food you can't buy at your local grocery store. There are foods that aren't on my list that are even more nutrient dense, but if you have to fly to China and handpick them, that's just dumb. So we're not going to do that. We've got uh, some great ones so far, and uh, let's see what Lindsay's going to spin for us today. Are you ready to spin the wheel? I am ready you to know, spin I, the I, wheel. I know you've you know you've been on national TV and everything, but this is real pressure. <laughs> I'm really nervous, but I got it. All right, here we go. Peas, fantastic. Peas uh, are a good one. I an, kind of another green item. I don't care. Like, Joel's really putting it. I think you're my like best student. You know that he's putting <laughs> this all together. He knows green is super powerful for us. So for peas, I kind of put all the peas together here. There's a couple of different kind of peas, and I don't want to go with just the little round balls that are inside your freezer. So we're going to include um, English peas, sugar snap peas, snow peas, all of the peas. We're really talking about fresh peas right now, not not the ground peas. Peas, Joel. And the, and the ones that you have here are uh, in the pods. And, uh, uh, yeah. No? Yeah. All right. We're gonna, well, we'll see. But they, they, you're a score guy. I hear you talking about the sports all the time. Peas, 486. Huh? That's pretty good. If your baseball guy was batting 486, he would be a legend, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah, I would think so. Right? <laughs> so 486 is a very good number. Fresh, frozen, or dried peas are awesome for you. Um, high in fiber, right? Need that fiber. We've got a uh, source of protein, high in vitamin A, B6, vitamin C, vitamin K. Great, uh, great phytonutrients, right? Really complex for you, right? We always talk about antioxidants, anti-inflammatory. Eat your peas, good for you. If you're not on an anti-inflammatory diet yet and you're sneaking up on it, get on the bandwagon. The uh, inflammation is really bad in your joints and your heart and your organs read about it 
Very low glycemic index, right? So it doesn't spike. You'll get the carbohydrates that you need, and it won't spike your uh, your glycemic index, especially if you're watching your sugars. High in fiber. It's got uh, a protein content uh, more than some vegetables. It's good to uh, help you for type 2 diabetes. Recent research links them to protection against stomach cancer. How now, let me, let me ask you, though. I have always heard, because I, I don't eat a lot of vegetables, I don't, I'm not, don't like the peas you brought in, but the peas you talk about, the round balls in the freezer, those I, I like, and it's those, corn, those are like two of my favorite vegetables and you know they always say ah those are bad they're starch that's a starch peas are a starch Who, who's these kids you're hanging out those with telling you that those are starch. Some you're hanging out with the wrong crowds some nutritionists will tell you that it's a starch you should you know try asparagus and things like that instead of peas poo to them okay all right, <laughs> right? don't eat all peas 24 7 you need to have a variety yeah, you can eat cheetos too <laughs> yes you can hey if i can get you to eat half peas and half cheetos i would be proud Right, hugely high in vitamin K. I'm going to get you to try those peas, right? Vitamin B1, 30%, vitamin C, 26%, magnesium, uh, 36%. Fantastic. Easy to store. The, the little round balls are good, too. I'm not being prejudiced against those. I couldn't get any fresh ones today. I didn't want to buy a bag from the freezer. All good things for you. You're going to try a pea? Yeah, yeah. Let's try the one. Come uh, on. This is fresh. In the, now, what do they call Joel. this in the... Uh, is this the snap pea? Don't be a pea? hater, Joel. Is this the snap pea in the, uh, All in the pod? Help me out, Lindsay. All we're saying here is give peas a chance. When I, when I see these, uh, you know, I'm a movie guy. Son of a gun. Right over your head. I'm a, All we're saying is give peas a chance. I, I was ignoring it. Come on. I know you're a Beatle fan. Uh, but I, I was going to go with the movie reference because every time I see these pods, I, I think of the pod people in the 70s. Oh. Uh, 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 the film uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. And okay. They have the pods come. Did you ever see that? And did, yes. you, did that scare you, that movie? Oh, it did. I was like 10 years old. So My dad took me to it. you don't eat green vegetables right. because of yeah, pods. Yeah, it's dad's people. fault. All right, let's try it. Here we There's go. There's another show on Sundays, The Therapy you Show. You have to actually eat it. There you go. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm eating. I was waiting. I was, all right. I want them to hear Just it. Just give peas a chance. All right. Okay. You're a lot louder than I. I have the deep fried pea snack over here. <laughs> It's like the potato chip of peas. This is not bad. This is not bad. It's, it's not as good as the when I cook them and then put some butter in them and, you know. Oh, yeah. That's just fresh out of the uh, out of the store there. I didn't even wash them. There's still probably some pesticides on them, but that's okay for now, you. Now, yeah, you brought some. You're uh, full of preservatives anyways. You brought Nothing some. Nothing that's not in the Cheetos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these other, these are called um, Snap-A-Crisps. These are like the Cheetos of peas. Yeah, they, these are lightly salted. They come in a lot of different flavors. Are they fried or just dried? Yeah, I think they're puff dried. What are they calling it? It's a relatively new technique, and they're doing a good job. Let's try this. The number one ingredient is peas, so that's cool. Vegetable oil, canola, sunflower, saffron, saffron you know flour. You know what's funny? Rice, salt. They taste like Cheetos. It is like a Cheeto. Yeah. <laughs> without the, without the <laughs> fake cheese okay, flavor. This, okay, for the record, this is not exactly a superfood, but if you can go from Cheetos... To crispy peas, you're making to real movement. peas. We're making progress. Yes, we are. <laughs> 110 calories in one ounce and four and a half grams of fat. Yeah, definitely. Don't worry about the calories. <laughs> Don't worry about the calories. Just got to burn them off. All right, let's we'll just go for a little run after the show. Um, you know, some of the things you could do with uh, with peas, you can add them to some green salads. What else uh, can you do? Make them make them to where they're not Joel friendly. <laughs> <laughs> Pea soup. I've got a recipe on the website that's pea and parsley soup, really green. My mother actually makes a, a split pea soup okay. that, uh, that I ate as a child. It's not one of my favorite soups, but uh, it, it is actually a soup. Thank I you, Mom. Eat. Thank you, Mrs. Uh, Melkin. 
Yes. And uh, I've got a nice pork and snow peas with a ginger hoisin sauce on the website. Tasty. So that's got pork. You like pork? This is a pork-friendly show, especially today. Yes, it is. All right, Porkapalooza going on. Yeah, roasted peas and bacon uh, sounds pretty interesting. And you that got, was for you. You know that. Yeah, oh yeah, that sounds actually pretty good. Now you can get all of these uh, recipes anytime you hear on what's cooking Palm Beach. A, a recipe we mentioned. We don't have the time to get into uh, uh, all of the um, all of the uh, the recipes in full. So you can go to uh, chefpantone.com and get those recipes in full right there. All the details on them. Of course, if you ever have a question, and we're going to take an email a little bit later, what's cooking at uh, chefpantone.com. We're going to take another quick break. We're going to get back with uh, our uh, guest today, Chef Lindsay Autry, and we're going to talk about your main course. That's cuisine from the southern U.S. That's right after this on What's Cooking Palm Beach. Have you been to Duffy's lately? Stop by the newly renovated Village Boulevard location and enjoy expanded seating. 20 ice-cold draft beers available, two for one, all day, every day. And over 90 huge HD TVs. Duffy's Sports Grill has something for everyone in the family. From fall-off-the-bone baby back ribs to grilled items and freshly prepared salads to award-winning jumbo wings. Duffy's has the food you love. Visit Duffy'sMVP.com to check out the weekly lunch double play and to find a location near you. Welcome back again. It's What's Cooking Palm Beach on WJNO. Joel Malkin here with Chef David Pantone from Lincoln Culinary Institute in West Palm Beach. And we've got our special guest here, Chef, uh, another chef. Uh, what are the odds of having two chefs in the same room? <laughs> on uh, this usually, show, pretty good. Yeah, we usually good. do. Okay. Uh, chef Lindsay Autry, who uh, was uh, got pretty high on Top Chef back in, uh, what, 2011, 2012 season. Yeah. What, uh, where did, how far did you get in that show? I placed third. You placed third. That's not bad. How many chefs started the in the whole show? How many co- competitors were there total? Uh, we started with thirty-one. Yeah. So and that's all and thirty-one you can go across to YouTube the country. And watch all the videos. Yep. Or yeah, or just take our word for it. Beeping in that show. <laughs> I, I think the videos would be cool. You're sense, not happy right? about your hairdo back then. Uh, you know, usually that's the ladies. I just I think like anybody, nobody looks watching themselves on television or yeah, hearing their yeah. voice. I hate hearing my voice, and I have to hear it all the time. Um, all right, so you are actually in another competition, and this one's actually closer to home, though it is also a nationwide competition. Uh, it's called the, uh, and forgive me if I mispronounce it, uh, Koshon 555? Koshon 555. Koshon, I yes. knew I was Yes, no, you were very close. Okay. Joel speaking French. Very good. Is yeah. it a French? That's a French word? It is. What's okay. a French word? It sounds pretty fancy. It's French for pig. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I told you, we're, <laughs> you up we're, we're a pork-friendly show. <laughs> yeah. So what's going on with this competition? So Cushion 555 is actually taking place tomorrow in Miami Beach at the Lowe's Hotel on South Beach. Um, and this is a traveling uh, national competition that takes place in 10 different cities all over the U.S. And the winner of each competition in the different cities uh, goes on to compete at Aspen Food and Wine in June. So if our team does well tomorrow, then we get to go to Aspen and compete for the title is the King or Queen of Pork. Right on. <laughs> kind of Boom. Uh, now, uh, the, what is the 555? Five, that on five, your five, resume. Right. What does a 555 five, five stand for? So 555 five, five stands for five chefs, five pigs, and five winemakers. Sounds like and a party. It is a party. And Koshon 555 started about eight years ago really as a way to reintroduce heritage breed pigs um, back into our food scene. Um, you've seen a movement with farm to table. You've seen a movement with people knowing that their chickens are organic and free range. And so this is also happening with cattle. It's happening with pigs. With Stop fish. messing with our pigs, yes. basically. <laughs> so 
what happens is there's five different chefs, uh, and we put together a team. So our team is all comprised of six chefs from Palm Beach County, and we are going tomorrow to compete. We have a 200-pound red wattle pig. What? Yes. That was raised red in pig. Okeechobee, Florida, from South Florida Heritage Farms. They all kind Beautiful. of waddle, don't they? <laughs> yes. Well, it's actually called a waddle because it's uh, it has these little waddles on its chin um, that look almost like where tusks grow in on boars. Nice. And that's why it's called um, a red waddle. Also, their skin coloring is red. Um and this is a, a heritage breed pig that's being brought back. And there's a husband and wife team in Okeechobee, Florida, that are raising them. So they delivered the pig on Saturday. And on Sunday, the team of chefs. at the moment, wasn't it, he? It was already okay. deceased, okay, yes. Okay. Um, she was much bigger than what I expected. Um, they said that it was a 200-pound pig, so I thought 200 pounds at slaughter, which means that you usually lose about 30 to 40% of the weight um, after they're uh, slaughtered. Mm. Um, this one happened to be 200 pounds uh, dressed, dressed wow. which means that she was about 280 pounds before. Wow. That's a That's big like pig. Three or four it's times a very you. big pig. Um, and uh, on Sunday, we last Sunday, we uh, went to Pistache Restaurant in downtown West Palm. Um, ding for Pistache? Yes. Isaac? Isaac Cerny and Aaron Black from PB Catch. Aaron Black, two graduates. We talked about them before. Said, um, I also have Clay Connolly uh, from Bucon, Tim Lipman from Culinary Cafe in Another Jupiter. graduate. And then uh, Lauren DeShields, <laughs> who's actually a chef at Market 17 in Fort Lauderdale, but she lives up here in Palm Beach. I don't know her. She's very good. Oh, I like to know all the yeah, chefs. One, this yeah. is one out of 20. That's right, not right. So we broke down the pickle last Sunday, um, and it came whole. So we actually had to do the full-on butchering, and okay. that was very intense. Power tools? Power tools, and we had a GoPro. So there's a really cool video like online. To, I don't like to think of all of this part. I just want it on my plate. I just want the ribs. You know? Well, somebody's got to do that bacon. part to get those ribs on your plate. I don't want to Okay. And guess what? That's how we did it for thousands of years, and, and the heritage part, I don't want to – get past that too quickly uh in the 50s 60s 70s we started changing our whole industry whether it's vegetables fruits or or um livestock and and making like creating the biggest one the juiciest one the heaviest one the one with the least fat whatever it happened to be until we're we almost have one variety of pork that the whole country uses exactly one bad thing is if if there's a, a disease they all get wiped out and that happened sometimes recently that happened. They didn't all get wiped up, but pork prices are still sky high. China's buying most of our pork now too, so uh, so that's not good. So like when you have heirloom vegetables, these are vegetables that your grandmother used to do use all the time that kind of got weeded out because they weren't the biggest, strongest, and uh, didn't last the longest. And what we lost was the flavor. The same with this heritage. That's our buzzword for the livestock. Heritage pork, heritage chicken, heritage beef. These are ones that every real farmer knew about for hundreds of years. However, they couldn't make a living on it as they started breeding out. So this is a movement to go back to the roots. So can somebody – this is going on tomorrow uh, in Miami, the uh, Cushone 555. Can somebody still get tickets uh, right at this point today? Yes, we still have tickets available, and they are available for purchase at cochon555.com. And that's C-O-C-H-O-N, or just Google Spanish for pig. <laughs> or not Spanish, French for pig. <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. Close enough. Something like that. Okay. All right. So C-O-C-H-O-N555.com. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so let's get into the main course here, the uh, daily Chef's Daily Special here. It's uh, Southern U.S. Cuisine. And, uh, you know, I was uh, uh, last year in uh, Georgia, Brunswick, Georgia, a barbecue and all-you-can-eat shop on every corner. Right on. Um, and, and many of them have a big, giant pig and that's what I was thinking about, that big pig there. I can't remember the name of the maybe flying pig, whatever it was, uh, right there at, at the sign. It's like, here's a pig that somebody made a structure of a pig and put it as a sign for the restaurant. Yeah? Is that odd and to you? Just typical. Well, you yes, should see the way my house is I, decorated. Because <laughs> no. I don't live in the South, even geographically, though we are in the South, in South Florida. This is not the South. No, it's not. I can ask Lindsay. Here's a quiz. He said the word Brunswick. How many microseconds did it take for your brain to say stoop? Right. Yes. But you know what's <laughs> like, funny? And I researched Before it was that. done out of your mouth, that's kind of where <laughs> but it But I researched that, and it's not necessarily from there. There's like an argument between Brunswick. Uh, uh, I, there, there's another Brunswick. I forget Every where. Every week. And then I'm Brunswick in England. There's a Brunswick in England as well that they say that, no, this is where it came from. So it's huh. yeah, yeah. It's true. Yeah, okay. it is true. And then you'll debate what's the main meat in there. And I know people will say squirrel. It's got to be local squirrel, yeah. and guess what? <laughs> I grew up with chicken think, and pork. Yes. Chicken so. and pork. Pork mm-hmm. is the pork is the. Maybe common your daddy one. didn't hunt squirrel in the backyard, or I don't know. There could have been squirrel, and they just told me squirrel, it was chicken. Period. Oh, it could be. <laughs> and you find we some, had that in my house too. And you <laughs> find some corn, corn do, but, in there sometimes, some potatoes, sure. right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Some kind of lima bean or butter bean. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I actually eat. I eat a Brunswick stew. I tried some in Brunswick. Wasn't that great there? Yeah. I've had it better here, but that's weird. All I'm right. sure there's some good there. We just you didn't hit the good one yet. <laughs> Let's talk so more about cuisine, the cuisine yeah. of the South. Fantastic historical region of culinary, uh, south of the Mason-Dixon line, dividing Pennsylvania, Delaware, Maryland, uh, along the Ohio River, extends out to the west. Some will include Oklahoma and Texas, Missouri. Some will say, "No way, they don't belong to us." The thing I like the best is every region, every section, every town. They have the true southern cuisine, and they'll fight you about it. Yes, we and will. <laughs> just like Italy, just like the best pizza in New York, everybody wants to fight you for for who's cut the best. And where do you think the best comes from, Lindsay? North Carolina. Well, I think I'm supposed <laughs> to say North Carolina. I think you're <laughs> However, I bet you're open-minded, and you'll. But it is very different in every state. I mean. Even, you know, just look at barbecue. Um, I'm from Eastern North Carolina, so our barbecue, we call it pig picking. And pig picking. Um, we roast whole pigs, and the sauce is actually It's the mustard vinegar. sauce there? Oh, no, no, no the mustard sauce is the oh. other part of Carolinas, right? Uh, mustard is South Carolina. Yeah, I don't like the mustard sauce. So I grew up on the vinegar sauce, okay. um, which is, you know, really not a sauce at all. It's more like just a little vinaigrette yeah, that little you squirt, put. Yeah. Uh-huh. So and and then you know you go into Western North Carolina where they use a little bit of tomato, um, and then once you start getting into Texas, there's no sauce, you know. Oh, the dry yeah. rub. Uh huh. Or on the side. And Memphis does the Definitely dry rub on the too. Side. Mm-hmm. Memphis rub, Kansas City red sweetie ketchup. And we had a barbecue show. We too. had a we barbecue show. You're mm-hmm. talking like you know. Uh, thank you mm-hmm. for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I'm here. <laughs> um, so we're talking about who brought what to the table. Sure, we like to say it's cuisine of the South, but it really comes like most cuisines from lots of different influences. Whoever migrated through the area, whoever took up roots there. So you have the uh, Southeastern American Indians and the uh, Caddo and the Choctaw. I know how to say that word. Thank you for that. And the Seminole. And uh, they are usually credited for squash, tomatoes, corn, and all the corn derivatives. Use a lot of corn and uh, grits and 
popcorn mill. Kiss my grits. Remember that show? Uh, that was uh, Faye. That was the original flow. No, that was flow. Flow, original flow. flow. Yeah. Pick up table six. Alice Mel, Mel Diner. Mel's, yeah, yeah. Very good. Thank you for that. And uh, uh, deep pit barbecue from from uh, our Native Americans. The Europeans brought in flour, sugar, eggs, milk, and uh, techniques of bread baking and baking of anything and cheeses. Uh, people from Africa brought in black-eyed peas, okra, rice, eggplant, sesame seeds, sorghum, melons, variety of spices. And, and some and of that stuff, people, you know, I, I automatically think of soul food when I think of okra and black-eyed yeah. peas. But it's actually, it's southern cuisine. For them, that's soul food. Yes. If you live in mm-hmm. Tuscany, Italy, you have your own soul food there. If mm-hmm. you live in Pittsburgh... Yeah, a little bit, but uh, <laughs> and for and and for my Jewish friends, it's matzo ball soup. Sure, that's food. for exactly. food that comes from the soul, wherever your soul might be. Right, mix it all together, and uh, what do you get? You have some Cajun food. You have uh, Cajun or Creoles cuisine based on French, based on West African, Caribbean, Spain, Floribian cuisine, and I don't think we Floribian. called it Floribian until uh, the Mango Gang, Ellen Susser and Mark Militello, and a bunch of us uh, guys down there and. In the mid-80s. Wow, that was a long time so ago. So it's a florida base mix in with the uh, Caribbean influences? It is, because yeah. a lot of our food down there, we have people from Central America, from all of the islands, mix it together with our native ingredients there. We've got Floribian, Tex-Mex, Mexican food, Native American food. Now, if you go to a Tex-Mex place here, there's a, there's a bunch of them around town. But Is that the same food you're going to get in Mexico? Or is that more what you're going to get in Texas? First, we love all those restaurants. They're great community members. And uh, go ahead. Well, you know, just like we kind of have Americanized Italian, we also have Americanized Mexican. I think that, you know, what is Tex-Mex? I mean, yes, you would find that a little bit more in Texas. Uh, But, you know, if you go down to Tacos al Carbon, for instance, that's pretty pretty much what you're going to find that's in Mexico. That's the truck. That's the truck, yes. Yeah. They, they call it a carnicero. No, no, that's a, that's a meat shop. My, my Spanish is, is weak. Taqueria. Taqueria. That's there it, taqueria. Yeah, so th- All right, let's, <laughs> let's talk about some uh, traditional southern dishes Good. before I get myself in more trouble and everybody else. Um, so we got pan-fried chicken. And I mentioned this one earlier, chicken fried steak. Now, why, why, Lindsay, why do they call it chicken fried steak if it's actually steak? Because you bread it in the process like you would breading chicken like a fried chicken but it's actually steak and is it sacrilege if you actually use chicken instead of steak i think then you just call it fried chicken oh (laughs) that's simple how you did that (laughs) right uh you've got do you uh, have anything like that on your menu and catering or what kind of a twist would you put that on a fin and feather um you know i lived in in mexico for almost four years and um and I love doing Mexican cuisine. Mm. And they have something similar uh, called milanesa, which is mm-hmm. similar to this Italian yeah, milanese. Yeah. Um, and for me, it always reminded me of chicken fried steak. Cool. Um, but, you know, had a little bit bolder flavored tomatoes and chilies. Mm. And um, I love doing anything like that. Good. So I want to talk about traditional southern food and then contemporary, too. And uh, that's a nice Nice blend. Nice I mix. find this interesting. You have pimento cheese on here listed as the caviar of the South. <laughs> a lot of people do refer to it that do way. Really? <laughs> that way. Um, yeah, that's why I put it there. My mom, though, not pimento cheese, but my, my mom growing up, uh, she always made what she called Southern caviar, and it was a black-eyed pea salad that nice. we would eat with chips as like a dip. Cornbread right is a big thing. Corn pone, is that the same thing? Is that something different? Corn pone is a... You got one on your menu? 
Uh, no, but corn pone's a little bit more like spoon bread, right? Yeah, like a spoon bread, mm-hmm. and more of a pudding, less of, less of a bread. Kind right. of lost in between there. Mm-hmm. Hush puppies. What about uh, uh, corn uh, fritters? That's not on this list. Corn fritters, or is that something that kind of not not really a traditional? It's similar to the hush puppy, but it's a Where they it's have a those bo- bojangles or something? Uh, no, Bud's. <laughs> actually, Bud's, Bud's Chicken and Seafood all over town. They have they the uh, Bud's. They have the uh, the corn fritters. Okay. Is that not a Southern? That's not a Southern? Hey, every little, hey, every little maybe. town has their own. I mean, in different parts. Okay. All right. Anything corn, big in the South. Buttermilk biscuits, of course. Uh, the chicken or the uh, fried catfish that we have right here. We're going to taste here in a little bit. Oh, or while Chef's reaching for it now. Go ahead. Go ahead. Grab it. Um, okra you talk about in all the different ways. And I feel like, uh, what was his name? Bubba from uh, Forrest Gump. Uh, fried okra, steamed okra, stewed okra, sauteed okra, pickled okra. And we have some dried okra You got okra salad. You got okra. Okay. Butter beans, pinto beans, black eyed One second with Bubba. Because the idea is if it's that's what you have in your garden, that's what we're going to eat for the next couple weeks. You figure a bunch of ways to do it. Uh, You don't go Google it and see what you're going to have for dinner tonight. Sweet tea. Now, this is a very common thing. They even, country singers even put it in their songs now. Uh, singing about uh, how they like sweet tea. Uh, I always have it at my refrigerator. Yeah. <laughs> I do. <laughs> uh, and your southern pies, a traditional sweet potato. What is a chess pie? Never heard of that. Chess? Chess pie is an ooey, gooey, sugary, molassesy filling kind of a pie. You know when you have a pecan pie, you got the pecans on the top? I said pecan yeah. and pecan in the same sentence. Yes, you did. I'm covered, right? <laughs> right. <Good. laughs> Underneath the pecans, there's the sweet, makes your teeth hurt. Uh, molassesy custardy kind of filling. So, so you take the pecans pretty. out, and that's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. Up the recipe a little bit. It's also pecan or pecan. I guess it yes. depends on where you come from. <laughs> well, I say, say pecan. Pecan. <laughs> I don't say pecan. She, she says pecan. Okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll call it pecan in your honor, Chef uh, Autry. Uh, and the cobbler. Mm. Love cobbler. With whatever fresh fruit, peaches yeah. from the orchard. Apple. Mm-hmm. Apple's my apple and peach are my favorite cobblers. I don't know. That's Those a, are great. I'm getting weight just talking about this stuff. <laughs> um, all right, so. Uh, you have your your new uh, cuisine. What is it? Fin, fin and Feather? It's your new boutique catering service? Yes. Mm-hmm. Fin and Feather. Fin and Feather. And that's, I guess, we're, we're looking at uh, poultry and, and seafood, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it kind of tells a story of the Southern heritage that, you know, I grew up with and mm-hmm. is undeniable. Um, and where we're located um, with a fin and, and all of the, the bounty of of seafood and things we have and and you know believe it or not palm beach county is the largest um agricultural producing uh county east of the mississippi oh, wow okay um and let's we're gonna get into Five just bonus a, points for chef Audrey. just Thank a, you. just a few of of some of these ideas of uh items on your menu but mm-hmm. i want you to give uh, folks how, how to get a hold of uh fin and feather yep so we have a website it's fin and feather pb.com and that's where you can find all of our contact information sample menus and where are you based out of here in the county uh here in west palm beach in west palm okay mm-hmm. so fin and feather pb.com and uh you've got your southern soul food meeting uh, meeting uh, florida coastal cuisine uh some of the things that uh we talked about pimento cheese you've got a thing that you do with what melba toast celery and carrots mm-hmm uh, so you use some Velveeta in that, or how do you make yours? I don't tell you my secret recipe. <laughs> uh, no, no Velveeta. Um, no Velveeta. Okay. I actually uh, roast and smoke peppers to give mm. it a little bit of mm. that smoky flavor. Um, three or four different types of really great 
sharp cheddar cheese and believe it or not duke's mayonnaise because that's really duke's is very popular especially atlanta north carolina Uh yeah go duke uh (laughs) you've got herb roasted scottish salmon uh florida corn succotash 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 uh black eyed peas in that with country ham just want to go over a couple more of these your florida snapper and banana leaf shaved fennel there's fennel again. We've had fennel on the show before. Get a half Finger- a point for fennel. I don't know what okay. a fingerling potato is, but that's in there along with roasted tomato. Uh, you've got, uh, well, the chef was talking earlier about uh, your sweet tea brined fried chicken uh, with buttermilk biscuits, uh, Florida honey, hot sauce. Three, yeah, where are you getting your honey? My honey guy is not doing his, hey, Mr. Lang, I need some more honey. You got a good honey guy? There's or actually a, a great one called The Honey Man, which is in Loxahatchee. The mm-hmm. Honey Man. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I like that. Joel, you have something <laughs> with good honey versus poor honey? The world of difference. It really is. Uh, uh, now. Um, <laughs> you are the honey man. <laughs> the uh, mother of two of my three children. Uh, used to make a, uh, and I didn't eat it, of course, but uh, she her, her thing was anytime we were having guests over for any holiday or whatsoever, deviled eggs. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that you actually have on your, your menu as well. And uh, we actually have a recipe. We can't get it to, for timing purposes, too much into it. But are, are we putting that up at uh, ChefPantone.com? With permission com? from the chef? Of course. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can right. we talk for just a second why yours is so cool as compared to the usual? Can you tell us? This is your, you me to tell you why yeah, your secret cool. to yeah. genius deviled eggs. Well, you know, I think deviled eggs are, are very simple, you know, and you have to, to really get a good boiled egg first. Um, but one of the hardest things, I think, is when people actually go to make the filling and you're trying to use that f- a fork. A fork. And it really just like clumps and clumps and clumps. And so no matter what you do. So I actually take it and pass it through a sieve or, you know, a fine strainer, one of the ones you can pick up at any store to strain pasta with, um, and force the egg yolks through that, and it'll make a very fine powder. And then that way, it won't be any lumps when you actually mm, fill it silky in. Silky smooth. Mm-hmm. A little Cajun spice at the end, some fresh dill, and some dry prosciutto. Come yeah, on. It's really good. Yeah, that's it not how my really mom good. used to make them. Love no, them. it's not how my grandmother did either. But I, I use the technique of making the filling very simple that's and then so adding a couple of really unique ingredients to make it your own. All right. And uh, Lindsay Autry is going to uh, let us put that up at chefpantone.com so you can uh, check that out. And uh, you can uh, try to match hers. I'm sure it won't taste quite as good, but, you know. If you follow the directions, it'll be good. Yeah, (laughs) well. All right. All right. We're going to come right back on What's Cooking Palm Beach. We've got our side dish. We're going to take an email and uh, so much more good stuff. We're going to eat some catfish, too. That's uh, right after this. Get on your way to a new healthcare career with Lincoln College of Technology. Earn your associate's degree in nursing at their West Palm Beach campus. Learn the skills healthcare employers are looking for and prepare for a new career where you'll have a direct impact on patient care. Their industry contacts can help you launch a new career after graduation. Visit LincolnEDU.com today for student consumer information and to schedule a campus tour. LincolnEDU.com, student-centered training for careers that build America. Welcome back to What's Cooking Palm Beach with Chef Pantone from Lincoln Culinary. Um, I'm Joel Malkin and Chef Lindsay Austry, our special guest uh, who has Finn and Feather. It is a boutique catering company right here in West Palm Beach. FinnandFeatherPB.com. Check them out. Some delicious food that she offers there. Uh, now, uh, Tales from the Chef's Table, that's our side dish today. And this is a fish story from the Mississippi Delta. Right. I'll give you a real quick, right? Pittsburgh boy, born and raised, moved to New York, to Manhattan, Miami, and Palm Beach. 2001, I was named the National Educator of the Year, right? Pretty cool. 
And one Very of the prizes cool. yeah. was ring the bell for you. Sir. I'm ringing. Okay, please okay. do. <laughs> the, the coolest part was one of the prizes. Big prize was to be named to the U.S. Farm Race Catfish Institute Advisory Board. And I'm thinking, hmm, Pittsburgh kid never had catfish in my life. Oh, wow. Give this a try. But as an educator, all I want to do is learn. So me, eleven other uh, chefs, food writers. And a couple of caterers. Uh, the prize was we took a bus trip, giant charter bus through the Mississippi Delta, and it was like Catfish Tour 2001. We <laughs> ate nothing but catfish 24/7. There were some adult beverages involved, and we visited the where the catfish eggs are hatched, the hatchery where the feed is made, the Purina factory, and all the way down, watch the catfish grow into the big ponds. And uh, five-acre ponds, and we followed the truck and watched. Went to went to the uh, the place where the catfish are slightly killed, and then turned into frozen catfish. And I kind of fell in love with catfish. I'm a big uh, big uh, proponent of U.S. farm-raised catfish. And we're eating some catfish right we here. We are, and it's U.S. farm-raised catfish. I said that I will actually eat some. So uh, have an open this. mind, taste new things, and yes. you might find something that inspires you. All right, let's take a real quick uh, question from a listener. Uh, Carol from Wellington asks, uh, and by the way, you can always email what's cooking at chefpantone.com. That's P-A-N-T-O-N-E uh, dot com. What is the difference between cornmeal, grits, polenta, and masa or masa harina? Now, I can tell you, masa, obviously cornmeal and grits sounded familiar. Masa, for me, sounded familiar because of one of the chili mixes. I like to make yeah. chili, and I use a mix that comes with everything's in its separate pouch. Here's the brown bag and, one? And, uh, yeah, I think so. And one of the ones has the masa flour in there to make it a, a use if you want a thicker chili, Thicken which I use. Thicken it up a mm-hmm. little bit. Good. So here's the key. Here's the, uh, the nickel version of that. They all come from corn. Right? They all come from dry corn. Uh, we've got white corns. We have all different color corns, but generally we're talking yellow corn or white corn, dry to a 14 or 16% moisture content. Ground up. The word meal is kind of a size of a grain. Flour is very fine. Meal is a little bigger. Grit is bigger than that. So a lot of these words are just kind of added to it. Corn meal, uh, grits, polenta is the Italian word for it. Uh, some t- some of these are dishes. They're really ingredients first, and then they become dishes. They're dried out. They're grind- ground. The masa is um, is uh, like masa harina is our hominy grits. So they're soaked in a lye solution that was discovered two thousand years BC, right? Because people were dying of uh, vitamin B B three deficiency niacin, so somehow maybe it was the aliens who came to visit the earth, taught them how to do that, saved whole populations by soaking the corn in lye, and uh, that allows your body to absorb the niacin better. And uh, then this is dried out and uh, turned into masa harina. So that's like the nickel version. You could write a whole book on the corn things, but read the package. Find the one you like. Some parts like white corn. Some parts of the country like yellow corn. It's all a little bit different. Now, it, let's say I was making, and I did actually come in. I was wishing I had you around this uh, one particular time I was making the chili. That specific uh, mix wasn't available, so I didn't have the masa flour. I actually just took some regular white flour, mixed it with water, and put it in there. Yeah. What, what else would you suggest if you don't have masa to make a thicker chili? How about matzo? <laughs> Honestly, that would work. Grind that up a little bit. Well, Passover's over, though. So. But seriously, what else? Could- well, you could use the flour if you needed to. You would mix it with a little water first to make okay. a white wash right. out That's of it. That's what I did. If yeah. not, it turns into a lump. You could use cornstarch if you wanted. You could even just let it reduce a little okay. bit, too. All right. That was a... 
that was just for me. That was just for <laughs> okay, me. Okay, sometimes but, you know, you somebody have to else that. might be making chili and they might want to know. I, like, I don't like a soupy chili. I like a, right. a chili that's uh, actually more like a stew. So that's that. All right. So we are going to come right back uh, and wrap up with the dessert. That's news and events. And uh, we've got an event coming up in just a few days right here in Palm Beach County. It's called Palm Beach Taste of the Nation for No Kid Hungry. Chef's going to talk more about that right after this on What's Cooking Palm Beach. Have you been to Duffy's lately? Stop by the newly renovated Village Boulevard location and enjoy expanded seating. 20 ice-cold draft beers available, two for one, all day, every day. And over 90 huge HD TVs. Duffy's Sports Grill has something for everyone in the family. From fall-off-the-bone baby back ribs to grilled items and freshly prepared salads to award-winning jumbo wings. Duffy's has the food you love. Visit Duffy'sMVP.com to check out the weekly lunch double play and to find a location near you. Welcome back once again to What's Cooking Palm Beach here on WJNO. Joel Malkin with Chef Pantone, David Pantone from the Lincoln Culinary Institute, Dean over there. Uh, we also have Chef Lindsay Autry, uh, who uh, is uh, well-known in local circles and, of course, from Top Chef Season 9 a few years back. Got to, uh, what, number three? Yes, Made sir. it to the top mm-hmm. three. Pretty cool. Um, and That's what she was just starting. She's way above there now. Well, even before <laughs> that, like three, her years, roots. three years earlier, <laughs> you were you were named uh, by the, what was that? That you, you got your, we were talking about your whole history? Uh, restaurant hospitality. Yeah, and you were named one of the uh, one of the top upcoming chefs, right? Something yes. like that. So. Yeah, maybe it's just me. I don't know why I'm protective like that. I don't want you to be pigeonholed as in top chef because you're way beyond that. No, now. but it's cool, yeah. to, have a, it's cool right. to have another celebrity here besides you. Oh, that's so, nice. You know. um, so our dessert, uh, news and events from Lincoln Culinary Institute. Of course, uh, you have some new classes uh, getting underway here this week coming up. I do. I have a new class starting really soon. If you've got a friend, family member, and somebody who May, wants right? to. right? Exactly. May, June. Almost every month we've got to start. You have somebody who's interested, have them call me at 1-800-TOP-CHEF. Ask for Chef Pantone. I'm happy to. Yes, that's Top Chef. He had it first. Uh, and you can <laughs> also to go give to, them a tour and, and yeah. get to meet, especially if they're interested in food and cooking. That's that's kind of my favorite thing. And exactly. you can go to ChefPantone.com or email him, what's cooking at ChefPantone.com. And coming up on Thursday, it's the Palm Beach. We've been talking about this for so many weeks now. Palm Beach Taste of the Nation, and it benefits No Kid Hungry. Uh, and Lindsay's going to tell us, uh, Chef Autry, more about this. You're involved? in this? Yeah, so I'm one of the chef chairs for this event. Uh, this is my third year as a chair. Um, and this is a really great event um, in our community. These days we have so many tasting events. Um, there's something happening every weekend. Uh, but this is, is really important to me and it's really great for our community because the funds that we raise actually do stay in Palm Beach County. Um, and the whole mission of No Kid Hungry is to ensure that no child goes hungry and that they have access to the healthy food that they need every day. So our event is on Thursday evening um, at the Kravitz Center. So that's Thursday, uh, April 23rd. That's this Thursday coming up. And you've we've got 35 uh, local participating restaurants. So all of your favorite restaurants here in Palm Beach County will be there. Uh, we have wine by Master Sommelier Virginia Phillip, who also has a wine shop. She gets a full it's ring. Misfiring. Gets- <laughs> there you go. <laughs> She's awesome. we got to send Love that you, to the Virginia. shop. She is amazing. She's the master sommelier at the Breakers, and then she also has her wine shop and academy in downtown West Palm. So she's doing all of our beverage. Um, we've got some really great new things to the event this year. Uh, we have a putting orange. Orange is the color for No Kid Hungry, so instead of a putting green. Yeah, 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 so yeah, we yeah. have a little hole-in-one. You can pay $5, and all the money goes to charity. That's fun. We also have a market concept this year where we have um, a lot of local farmers 
and we have Swank uh, Farms that'll be out there. Kai Kai oh, from Swank. Stewart. Kai Kai met them. I met mm-hmm. him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we also have the Farmhouse Tomatoes from Walt. Walter Ross. And Vito will be there making his mozzarella and selling that as well. So we've got um, a really local, great... Local celebs from the media here, too, I understand, from our building. Yeah, so our host is actually Sally yeah, from... Sally from the Mo and Mo Sally and show Sally. on uh, Cool 105.5. Our friends, yeah, I don't know what's going on with that bell. <laughs> I think <laughs> we need a bell one. department. We'll I need a new bell. Next week. Uh, who else? Uh, uh, Jay and Cashmere, then Jay Cashmere is also um, a He's part awesome of it, too. which is great. And then we have a chef throwdown where we're actually going to do it Price of Right style and call... Oh, I gotta do this right. Chef Throwdown. <laughs> Sunday. Sunday. Okay, on, Thursday. Yeah, it's Thursday. <laughs> yeah, Thursday. Um, but we're gonna call up um a lot of the local chefs, price of right style, so they won't even know that they're doing it. Mm. And we're gonna get them on stage and have a relay race. Um where actually Chef Pantone is one of our judges, right along on. with uh Chef Alan Susser. Okay, where can they get, because uh, you can still get tickets for this, where, where can you do that? Yep, so tickets are available at uh, Taste of the Nation Palm Beach. You can find links on our Facebook page, and then tastethenationpalmbeach.com. Okay, or just call up Sally over at Cool. She'll help you. <laughs> she always wants to hear uh, from you. Uh, I, I am going to, uh, I'm, I'm going to take a bite of this catfish. You're talking about kids being hungry. I was hungry, so I wanted to eat some catfish. Very we got some good. hot sauce, too. So you know have some of the hot sauce. hot sauce. Let's try your hot sauce. This is Chef Lindsay it's Autry's delicious uh, hot sauce. Now, this is, I'm this not is a fan good. of smoking hot burn talking, in your mouth. You were talking earlier about North Carolina, your side of North Carolina being mainly vinegar. Is that pretty much what this is? It's bold. I mean, right, there's, right. there's a little okay. tomato in there. There's a lot of ginger, which is not mm-hmm. very southern, but it gives it a good balance. Did I put too much on there? All no, right, let's it's it not spicy. Yeah, it's not smoking That was the world's smallest bite, by the way. I'm always careful. He's pulling out oh his epi pen. It's not green. It's all it's brown. It's very sweet. It's very sweet. It's like a marmalade is what it tastes like. That's my, my memory it's of sweet catfish. I think that's the catfish flavor, too. I ate the whole piece now. Look oh, look, you. see? Very tiny piece. <laughs> wow. All right. I think we're going to wrap up the show with that. Uh, thank you, Chef Lindsay Autry, for coming in. Finn and Feather PB. Is it Finn and Feather, full word, A-N-D? Yes. Finn and Feather PB, wow, that sauce has a kick to it. Dot com. <laughs> I'm weak. You're weak. <laughs> <laughs> so check her out. All right, so once again, thanks for joining us here in the What's Cooking Kitchen. And next time, Chef's Daily Special will be. Our special guest is Chef Ed Dickens. He's the president of the Palm Beach County Chefs Association from the American Culinary Federation. All right, and of course, if you missed any part of this show, you can uh, go ahead and download the podcast at chefpantone.com. And good luck to uh, Chef Autry uh, tomorrow in Miami with the uh, with the Cachon 555. Thank you. Happy cooking and bon appetit. You've been listening to What's Cooking Palm Beach with Chef David Pantone, Dean of the Lincoln Culinary Institute in West Palm Beach. Tune in and find out what's cooking Saturdays from 1 till 2 p.m. on News Radio 1290 WJNO. If you have any questions or ideas on a topic, Please email what's cooking at chefpantone.com. That's P A N T O N E.com. What's Cooking Palm Beach is presented by Lincoln Culinary Institute, a division of Lincoln College of Technology, and sponsored in part by Duffy's Sports Grill. Visit Duffy'sMVP.com for a location near you.